back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Here's Mulberry Lane. You've got two of your radio sisters here today on the Mulberry Lane Show, Rachel and Allie. Bo's on vacation this weekend, but she'll be back in the studio with us next weekend. Right now, we're going to wrap up our chat with singer-songwriter Mark Broussard. I want to talk a little bit more about how you got to the place of no longer wanting super music success. I think, you know, as I've grown and, and, you know, paid attention to the news cycles and watched the unfolding dramas that regularly occur on the news channels with whatever celebrity of the week right. uh, is having a breakdown, I realized that, that I avoided all that, and it's to my good fortune that I avoided yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, if things had gone very differently for me, I don't know that I would like the man that I would have turned out to be. Okay, gotcha. I mean, as it stands now, if I met my 22-year-old self right after releasing Karen Crow, I, I'd punch a square in the face. <laughs> <laughs> now that's some honesty. Now I want to hear about you saying A Life Worth Living The song that you wrote about your grandma dying You actually sang it at her funeral So how did did you get through that? Well, I wrote that song as she was slipping away So there was about a three day window Between the songwriting and the, the actual performance at the funeral Okay And in that three days I played the song in my head probably a thousand times mm-hmm. just working out little phasing issues and shaving a lyric here or you know working at a, a melody line here just over and over and over and over and over and over again until it got so ingrained in my mind that I could do it second nature basically and I think that's the only reason I was able to get through the song at the funeral is because it was so ingrained on my heart. Yeah. I knew it backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I was able to separate myself from it. From the lyric at the same time as being able to deliver the lyric. Now, if I had to really deliver that song every night and, and really wrap myself emotionally in the lyric and, and the story behind that song, I'd fall apart every night. Okay. No way I'd be able to get through that song. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's happened to me once or twice at least since writing it that that I've become you know I've been overcome by it emotion. It hits you, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was she aware that you were writing this song? No, okay. no. I, I left the hospital my last visit with her and, and she, she passed away probably within me leaving the hospital probably three or four hours. Okay. And, and, and I started writing a song around that same time. Oh, got it. It was almost her gift to you a little bit. I, I tell you, I'm, I never experience the uh, the presence of a spirit, of my grandmother's spirit, the way that, that I did that day. I literally felt her spirit wrapping me around my shoulders and comforting me while I sobbed over every single line of this song. Oh, wow. Uh, it, was, it, was an ex- it was an incredible experience. And then fast forward to that following April when my buddy Squirrel passed, it was a very similar experience. He, you know, like I said, he was the head of the English department. And, and I'm I'm sobbing over every line as as I'm typing them into my computer, yeah. and I can hear Squirrel in my ear saying, "Okay, buddy, you're doing really good, but look, <laughs> you've got to you've got to capitalize that I on that last line." Yeah, you know, <laughs> the you teacher to, in him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Both of those songs were tremendous tremendous experiences for me as a writer. Yeah, it sounds like beautiful experiences too. No doubt. 
Music artist Mark Broussard giving you a peek behind the scenes in the writing of his latest album, A Life Worth Living, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When you write, typically when you're not like that emotionally invested, do you go back and go over it and over it in your head and, and correct it and change it and whatever, or do songs kind of flow out in its entirety? No, I think I work on phrasing quite a bit after a song is written. Sometimes they just flow out like, like I'll Never Know. Daryl Scott and I wrote that song within a couple of hours of meeting each other. From, from the writing to the recording, the phrase didn't change at all. But, you know, there are songs, especially more up-tempo songs, that need, you know, just a little exercise. They need... They need a little work it out. <laughs> okay, got it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your vocal stylings before we let you go. I just sure. want to know, who were your influences? Because you've got such a soulful voice. Well, early on in life, I was treated to the sounds of Otis Redding, or Stevie Wonder, and Marvin Gaye in the house when I was growing up. And then when I started to, to get you know allowance money enough to buy my own records, Brian McKnight was the first record that I ever really turned on. So... You know, we're really talking about uh, exclusively African-American singers, you know, up until Michael Bolton really came around. And then uh-huh. I, I was kind of into Michael for a while. I loved his voice. And uh-huh. Voice to Men was was a big influence on me as well. Okay. Yeah. And then I discovered Donny Hathaway around 20 years old. He's definitely been the biggest influence on me vocally, I think. Okay. Uh, out of all of those guys. Okay. Interesting. Very cool. And then one final question is, you're a dad of four kids, so talk about what it's like in, at your house on a normal day. Oh, goodness. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty gnarly scene, I have to admit. We have really well-behaved kids. They're very, very good, but they're also of my loins, and as such, can be quite loud. <laughs> uh, in fact, my daughter is in the back seat right now. She's just been humming and singing... Uh, this entire phone call and then we're about to pick the kids up at school and and, and it's the first day of school here so okay. it'll be uh quite a fiesta of stories going on about the first day well great i like that slice of life well mark we want to thank you so much for joining us today well thank you girls i appreciate the time and, and uh hopefully we can see you at a show sometime that sounds great that was Mark Broussard. His new album, A Life Worth Living, debuted at number five on the iTunes Rock Album Charts. Do yourself a favor and download it. We'll be back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with a little bluegrass. Chris from the band Cornmeal is going to hang out for a little bit. Here's my favorite Mark Broussard song, The Beauty of Who You Are. Go Alley. Baby, I'm so And that's the beauty of who you are 